Welcome back to part two of my conversation with Holly Williams. I hope that part one was so inspiring to you. And I know that part two is going to be just as inspiring as part one. In this episode, Holly highlights the importance of surrounding oneself with trusted individuals who can provide guidance and support during challenging times. She emphasizes the value of making choices, even if they lead to mistakes, as a crucial step in personal growth. Her story demonstrates the power of resilience and learning from life's experiences. Holly's journey from a place of hurt to newfound confidence and empowerment serves as a testament to the transformative power of faith and self-discovery. Ladies, you are going to get such a blessing from this half of our conversation as much as you did from the first half, and I cannot wait for you to get started. So let's go, girls. Are you in a new season of your life? Are you stuck and searching for clarity so you can make a career change? Do you just need the courage to switch careers? Are you ready to follow God's plan for your career? Welcome to Choose Your Next Yes. Hi, Kindred. I'm Mel, a career transition coach, mom of grown-ups, coffee lover, and God girl. I've had a lot of big life changes, and I haven't always been clear about God's plan for me. This led to stress and anxiety and a lack of clarity and courage to make a career move. I finally started listening to God's voice to find clarity and peace and stopped being scared to make a move and achieve my career transition goals. Now, my mission is to help you learn to listen to God's voice and know when to say yes to the career you've always wanted and no to everything else. Let me show you how to clarify your purpose and find courage to pursue your personal and professional goals in your midlife and beyond. Throw down your self-doubt, dust off your dreams, kindred, it's time to reset and refine and reclaim the woman you once aspired to be. And that's so beautiful. And I think too, like, I used to think I'd have to have this huge hour of time to do a Bible Mm -hmm. study and spend with Jesus. And there's such power in just a consistent 15 minutes with the Lord every morning, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I do end up having these times. Like when I drive, I love having time with the Lord and worshiping and and that kind of thing. Oh, me too. Where you've got this more extended time, but I find that the Lord is so good. He's so gracious to meet us. Mm -hmm. He knows our time. He knows our schedule. And when we prioritize him, he'll meet us in it. So um, if you haven't gotten into your Bible reading lately, are you feeling that guilt? Like, Oh no, I haven't like, just Mm -hmm. pick it up again. Exactly. Just start again. Start Start in Psalms. Psalms are pretty short. You could read one a day. Sometimes they're kind of in sections. Even if you want, Mm -hmm. you're like, Oh, this one's long. You can read like three over a day, right? Three sections. Right. right. Even Proverbs is like that. So Proverbs are, you know, there are 31. So you can do like one a day. And like, when you get to the end, you may have to do a couple one day, but yeah, exactly. So Rich, one of the things, one of the scriptures that really encouraged me, and I want to share it because I think there's someone listening today who needs to hear it is that um, there's this, it's in Song of Solomon eight. I can't remember the exact verse, but it is, or maybe it's five, eight. Sorry, guys. Um, But it says, who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? And that was the scripture that the Lord gave me as a picture of like, I was like, oh, Lord, I'm so broken. And if anybody to look at me, they must think I'm such a loser. Like, how could I return to the same mess I left, you know, before and all this stuff. And the Lord just said, no, the picture that people are going to see at the end of this 
is, hey, who's that? Coming mm-hmm. up out of this wilderness, this dark place, mm-hmm. leaning on her beloved, leaning yes. on Jesus. And that's what God, yes. that's the story Jesus has for you. That what That's what he wants this season to be about. So even if you're in it right now and you're just like, this is such a mess. No, mm-hmm. no. The story is that you're, look at this woman leaning on Jesus. Who is this? Who is this person? And you're going to be a testimony to your children to your church, to the people around you that, wow, she went through this and she leans on Jesus. Yes. What better testimony? Right. And we never have a reason to judge anyone else because you do not know what someone else has walked through. You do not know what kind of effort someone has put into anything. You gave a lot of effort to a relationship and you continue to try to get it to go in the right direction. And it wasn't for your lack of trying. And if someone looks at someone who's really given it their all and they judge them for going back or for continuing to try, then that person who's judging has got some issues of their own. Why would you judge someone who's given everything they have to a relationship if you're giving that much to a broken relationship, think mm. about how much you can give to a relationship with God that isn't wow. broken. Wow. Mm. That's yeah. healing. Thanks for yeah. saying that. Keep well, it wasn't me because that just came yeah. from Holy Spirit right there because that was not Dr. Mel at all. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm telling you, God, God gives, you know, we prayed before and I'm like, God, give us the words and he does. And so... Awesome. That's beautiful. I love this. I love this conversation. I know. This is so great. This is very therapeutic for not only me, but I feel like this is going to be a very therapeutic episode for a lot of women out there who, who need to hear this kind of thing. You know, brokenness is okay because we become resilient. We grow from brokenness. And no one was more broken than Jesus when he was hung on a cross and he was beaten and his like his body was so broken. And I'm sure his spirit was so just devastated. And he still he came back and he like he he won and he was victorious. And, you know, you have every opportunity to come back from that brokenness and become everything that God has created you to be. Yeah. And learn from all of that, all of those mistakes, all of those things that you thought went wrong. Maybe they were not good, but God takes everything not good and turns it into something good. So look what he's created from you struggling through those few years. He's Mm -hmm. created something beautiful and you have a story to share with someone else who doesn't know where to go right now. Yeah. And you know, there's so many different unexpected things that God teaches you too, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm able to very quickly identify now very unhealthy situations, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. And I'm very grateful that for that, my children have a very, um, very good ability to, to spot manipulation and, and, and these things that, you know, yes. they're just great life skills to have. Right. And it's your capacity and your compassion for people and, and your ability to live non judgmentally, like to really live the gospel mm-hmm. out 
right? Mm -hmm. And to come alongside somebody rather than being like, why are they living like that? Um, Mm -hmm. Realizing like, okay, if if they have no knowledge of Christ, why would I expect them to live any other way than as totally loving sin, right? So I can come alongside somebody in in such compassion now. You know, you want to say like, oh, I wish it didn't go like that, but I am grateful. I'm grateful that I know the Lord the way that I know him. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't have happened unless life had happened that way. If we look at the Bible, I take such hope from it because it is a story of dysfunctional family mm-hmm. again and again and again. And I just think, Lord, you redeemed that. You mm-hmm. will redeem mine. Mm-hmm. You know, you took people who were in very crazy states of being and still you chose to use them in your lineage or use them to bless other people. So you can surely use my story. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And he allows us to go through those things. So we do have some wisdom to give to someone else to share with someone else. There is someone who's listening today that is going to be able to connect with you in Mm. a way that I couldn't connect with them. And he brings people together for just a time as this, this very specific reason. I think that we got pushed back and things happened and we had to reschedule a couple of times because God needed us to talk right now. Yeah. Because if we had talked previously, then somebody might not have heard this message or received it in a way that it needed to be received. Or maybe there's something that's happened since we did our discovery call to you or to me that we wouldn't have had that to put in to contribute to this day if we had Mm -hmm. done this a few days ago or a few weeks ago. So, yeah, I agree. And I think what's powerful for our listeners, and we're talking about this conversation and how healing Mm -hmm. it can be, is that this is like Christ gives that example, right? He raised Lazarus from the dead. Mm -hmm. That's scripture says, right? He raised Lazarus from the dead, but then he told the people go and unwrap him. And that's really the role of the body. Like Jesus will bring us back to life, but it is community. It is your bo- the body of Christ that's going to come and take off those grave clothes to help you walk free. Just even, you know, stepping out and having a conversation like this, or for those listening, yes, just take that step to reach out to somebody in the body of Christ around you to say, hey, like, come alongside me and pray with me through this situation mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I need Jesus you know, Jesus has saved me from the situation, Mm -hmm. but I need Mm -hmm. some unwrapping. I need the and it may not even be somebody who needs to receive it because they're in that situation. Maybe Mm. it's somebody's receiving it because they know somebody who's in a situation and they haven't recognized it until they hear what you have to say. And then they're like, oh my gosh, I need to go talk to that person because I now know what is happening. Yeah. And I think, I think that's an important thing too. So something that a lot of people don't realize, and I certainly didn't, I didn't, I would have been the last person to say I was in an abusive relationship mm-hmm. um, because I just didn't know the signs. Right. And um, typically you will tell, or you will try and tell somebody about the situation several times. Like mm-hmm. if you don't want to believe it, you don't want to believe it, that mm-hmm. you're in an abusive relationship. I always say, right. You don't know you're in one until you do, and then you are fully aware of it, Mm -hmm. and it scares you. To have somebody come alongside you and be brave enough to tell you the truth, like, hey, I had like I had one friend kind of sit me down and go through the signs of an abusive relationship, Mm -hmm. and she said, you're just going to say yes or no, 
I don't want any justification. I don't want any like, well, yes, but, and we went through and I, I only said, um, no to, to there's 12 questions. And I said no to one of them. Everything yes. else was yes, that happens. Yes, yes that happens. Yes. And I went through that several times with different people, but I didn't want to believe it. And right. so just to realize for some people as well, that it takes incredible bravery to speak the truth to somebody who doesn't want to hear it, mm-hmm. but they will remember that you said it. And when they have that moment of clarity for themselves, they are able to take ownership of it because I, I could go back and I was like, oh, I think that person was trying to tell me. Mm -hmm. Oh, that person was definitely trying to tell me, you know, and I realized that my part in it was to turn a blind eye to it. My, my sin in the situation was to avoid, to not deal with things. And I allowed the situation to continue. So it's important to realize that sometimes you might go to speak to somebody and you think, yes, the lights have come on for them. No, Mm -hmm. usually it takes uh, several times, several times to leave a situation, several times to be told about the situation. Um, It's very complex. And that's why there's a whole industry of people who are trained to actually, because it is so layered and so complicated. Right, exactly. And I always encourage my women, I mean, my name has doctor in it, but I am not that kind of a doctor. I'm an educator. (laughs) So if you even think you need to see someone who has the training and the background to help you Mm -hmm. do it, do not wait. Yes, yes, 100%. Yeah. 100%. And just listening to you today, someone might recognize those signs. Yeah. Signs, yes, that you gave to us. And they might be like, yeah, you know, that really is me. And I do probably need to get some help. And so I encourage you, ladies, do yeah. not wait. And we think that, like you said, abuse is physical all the time, and it's not. A very helpful book for me too, after I was divorced was, uh, or after I separated was, um, there's a book called, I think, um, loving him when it's hurting you. And that was a very helpful book to, to recognize for me that this was never going to change. Yes. This was, I could be the most loving person in the world. I could do everything right. And this would never change. Yes. So it was very helpful. And, and the book actually, uh, do, it doesn't encourage separation. It encourages you to make the right choice for you. Mm-hmm. And so um, for some people that's staying in a relationship that you've fostered for 40 years and you're just recognizing like how damaging it is. And mm-hmm. it gives you a lot of boundaries and, and encourages, of course, you get into counseling as soon as possible. Um, but it also, it, it just helps you identify, it gives language and it makes you realize you're not crazy. Because that's the thing the most you feel in those relationships is you feel uh, a constant sense of confusion. Mm-hmm. Um, you've lost any confidence to make decisions. Um, mm-hmm. And it also really just breaks down your ability to trust other people. And yes. um, yeah, so there's a lot with that. And you really right. feel crazy. And so a book like that gives you language to realize, oh, I'm not crazy. And there's actually something bigger going on. And I'm Right. I'm actually really empathetic and I'm just kind of drawn into this crazy cycle continuously. So, right. Um, I and I is- want to go back to one of the things you said about not being able to make those decisions, mm-hmm. which also makes it hard for you to move forward in your career or those oh other life decisions and make proper life decisions. So, talk to us about making that choice. I mean, you transitioned from one job and you started your own business and it was a slow process, which is good sometimes, but talk to us about 
you know, making those decisions when you're coming from a place of hurt and lack of self-confidence and Mm -hmm. you still were able to move forward. So talk to us about that and what that should look like. Give us some words of wisdom here, some tools for our tool belt. Yeah. So I think the first thing I did is I surrounded myself with really good decision makers. Mm -hmm. So I had about four people who I really, really trusted. I would kind of come back to them and just say, okay, I got this text or, okay, I've got this decision to make. Mm -hmm. Help me. I don't need you to make it for me. I need you to listen. I need you to ask me questions because I didn't, part of the language that I experienced in, in my marriage was just like, you know, you're just very selfish and, and you never think of the big picture. So I really believe that. Mm-hmm. And so I needed one of the things I asked for was that um, people would have big picture thinking with me. Mm-hmm. Just just ask me some questions. So I'm thoroughly thinking this through. Mm-hmm. And so many times the feedback would be like, Holly, you're, you're, you're really thinking it through. Like, I don't actually have to ask you a question. Right. It sounds like you've considered every angle. And then they gave me the best gift, which is what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I don't know what I want to do. How do I know that my thing is the right thing to choose? But um, they just gave me permission to say, well, why don't you try it? What will happen if you make this choice? And I'm like, well, I don't know. What if this happens? And they're like, yeah, what if that happens? What are you going to do? I'm like, right. I don't know. And they're like, make another choice. That's right. Exactly. right. And and there was so much, uh, there's such a gift to realize mm-hmm. that I wasn't locked into one choice. Yes. Because when in an atmosphere like that, when in the kind that was in my marriage, you walk on eggshells all the time and you're very precise on the choice you make. So because mm-hmm. you know, if you make the wrong one, it'll create this catastrophic yes. you know, a, a cascade of events. Yes. So you really get locked into like, you better make the right choice and you bet it better not blow up in your face. Whereas this was a playground where the mm-hmm. Lord really invited me into a space of like, it's okay to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And what was really kind of the Lord is a lot of times I had really relied on praying to him and saying, okay, show me what decision to make. Yes. And I remember one time in prayer, the Lord just said, you know, for the next season, Holly, I, I will not tell you what decision to make. You've got my ah. word and my principles. Yes. You need to learn how to make choices. And it was so terrifying to me. Yes. But I knew I was like living under his smile, if you will. Yes. Or he was like, it's okay, you can make a choice. And yes. and it would blow up and then my whole body would go off and I'd feel horrible and I'd feel like so, you know, tangled up inside. Mm-hmm. And it would be like, okay, just work through that emotion and realize it's not the end of the world. You just right. make a new choice. Right. So that exactly. there was a, yeah. So there was a season of me learning to choose and and being uncomfortable with those choices, making the wrong choices, learning how to handle those, and really a maturing process kind of like a teenager almost mm-hmm. but in, I was I was without all the erratic <laughs> and wrong choices yes uh, the Lord gave me this this playground to just make decisions and it um and my mm-hmm. business was a really beautiful place to do that you know it was affecting me maybe financially but it was a place where I could help other people I could serve other people make these decisions but it wasn't going to harm my children. Mm-hmm. And that was really probably the area that I had the most fear in, right? Mm-hmm. So my business mm-hmm. was a beautiful spot that the Lord really just allowed me to gain confidence. When you said, you know, use what you know, and but like that's came up a couple of times in the last mm-hmm. month or so that, you know, you have background knowledge, you have knowledge, knowledge. yeah, <laughs> you have wisdom. And 
you can use that and you can draw up on that. And you can, like you said, drop on God's principles and, and dig into the word and try to help you make those decisions. And are we always going to make the right decisions? No. You know what? I but have... it's recoverable, right? right. Like, exactly. It's like, is any small children being killed by this decision? No. Exactly. So you, this is recoverable. <laughs> right, right. I'm like, I, and I'm thinking of, I have made the wrong decision on what shoes to wear before. And did I, yes. I learned from that yes. and I don't wear those shoes when I'm going to be gone for hours and hours and be on my feet. I wear sensible shoes now. So yes. a wrong decision is not the end of the world. No. It's just a, it's going to be uncomfortable, just like yeah. a pair of shoes that you shouldn't have worn to the zoo and yeah. <laughs> walk around in for hours. <laughs> You're going to go home, you're going to soak your feet and tomorrow you're going to be fine. So. Yes, it's true. Tomorrow you will wake up and it, it will be a little bit better. Yes, yes. This has been a really a good, deep conversation. I have enjoyed so much. So tell my audience how they can connect with you. Yeah. So you can visit me on my website called hollycwilliams.com. I give tips on how to start your business uh, with copywriting. And use copywriting Wonderful. to really leverage the growth of your business, uh, especially mm -hmm. email marketing. And then um, Holly, so my website, whenever this launches, uh, it's in the middle of being uh, restructured. So you might just come to a landing page, but get on my email list because okay. I send out emails uh, once a week and sometimes more with a really, I make them very, very valuable, very, very strategic so that you can really grow with what you're doing. And then um, follow me on Instagram at the Holly C. Williams. And there I like, I love to have fun. That's a playground for me to be creative and to, I actually feel really uncomfortable on there. So I go on there and I do stuff that makes me feel uncomfortable because I just want to, I've learned now through all this, mm -hmm. this time that uncomfortable is okay. Yeah. And I can be there. So Instagram is a place where I'm like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. I can't believe I'm doing a video, but I'll do it because I really want to grow my capacity to explore. And that'll yeah. only happen through uncomfortableness. So. Absolutely. One of my, one of my quotes, one of my good quotes that I've ever came up with is there's no growth in a comfort zone. So I um, love that you cannot grow if you are comfortable because it takes uncomfort to move. So mm -hmm. if you're comfortable, you're going to sit there forever. So definitely. Um, so we talked a little bit about the copywriting itself. Give my women just a little bit more information on that, just so they're a little more clear on what copywriting is and whether or not that they can actually do that. Yeah. So copywriting is basically your online salesperson. It does the uh, marketing for you. It does all of the selling portion. So having the right words and the right message is really important when you're talking to your audience and to your potential clients and customers. Mm -hmm. That's what I create. I create a lot of that language. I use your words. I use your customers' words. And I put that together and create this beautiful understanding so you can really feel connected. And I, I really believe that you can have a business that is beautiful and loving and supportive and empathetic towards your customer. And you can talk to them in a really wonderful way where they just feel so happy that your product came along into their life and they're really excited to work with you. And sales does not have to be slimy. I think it can be really beautiful. Right. And that's what I work towards doing. Wonderful. Wonderful. 
So ladies, if this is something that interests you, get in contact with Holly and let her get you on the path to copywriting because <laughs> I've seen a lot of a lot of people be successful and work from home doing copywriting. So it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely a viable career choice. Yeah. This has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much. I have enjoyed it so much and I am so glad we got to connect. Me too. Thanks for having me, Dr. Mel. Thank you all for joining us today and I will see you next time. Bye-bye.